Bibles tonight to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Weighty times. Glorious times. Difficult times. Pressing times. Amen. I just encourage you as your pastor, as a brother in Christ, whatever you find coming into your life in terms of mountains, challenges, problems, needs, listen, overcome. Don't draw back. Don't let yourself fear. Don't get into dread worry. Amen. Don't let the devil beat you up, wear you down. Amen. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We are in Christ, seated already. We're seated already in heavenly places. And everything that Jesus had available to him, we have available to us because we are in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you, I know what you're facing. I know a little bit about what you're going through. I know uh, the mountains that you're facing. And uh, praise God. But uh, God saw it. God knows it. And and some some things that we're dealing with are not bad, but we've just come up to a place where I've got to use my faith for something bigger than I've ever bigger than I've ever laid hold of before. You know, I understand that you guys are searching for a home. Uh, You ever bought a home before? No, not as a married couple, right? Amen. So, hey, praise God. It's a good thing, but it's, it's a bigger thing to lay hold of and being led and all that. And I hope I use you as an example. That's okay. It's too late. I'll have to apologize after. But Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, but praise God. It doesn't matter what, what life brings along. Uh, just call it Goliath and cut its head off. <laughs> and run around with its bloody stump and give God glory for it, you know. And whatever, you know, whatever thing you're dealing, the negatives about yourself, the character flaws, the, the, the failures, the things God's dealing with you about, don't let the devil beat you up over those. Amen. But take the same sword and the same grace, same blood, same power, and overcome that. And get on the other side of that. Amen. And just keep moving. Praise God. I wanted to, um, uh, to talk to us and teach us tonight about how to pray and get the answer. How to pray and get the answer. Uh, You know, the flesh has such a huge problem with praying anyway. Amen. We don't want our prayer lives to be points of frustration and confusion for us. Prayer is meant to be one of the most easy, free-flowing, unconscious things we do. Amen. And uh, But I tell you what, when, uh, when it comes to praying specifically to get an answer. When you pray and you lay hold and the answer shows up, prayer becomes exciting. You're just looking for another opportunity to put your faith on something. Amen? And uh, But uh, that's not everybody's testimony. It's not been my testimony. Amen? But I am being a lot more fruitful and a lot more successful and a lot more effective in praying to get the answer than I used to be. Amen? And you just stay with it. You know, you just, you just stay with it. And, uh, and I, I pray that, uh, that uh, what we'll share with you tonight will be uh, very, very helpful to you. Amen? As you just lay hold. These things are not complicated. They're things that maybe you've heard before. Uh, but we need to hear them again. Amen? 
And so, praise God. We're going to read just a couple of short passages here in the Gospels. And that'll be the foundation for what we're going to teach you tonight. The first one's in Matthew 21, verse 21 and 22. I encourage you, if you have something, mark these scriptures, write them down, go back and meditate upon them. I'm going to read, uh, for time's sake, just go ahead and jump to the Amplified of this verse. And so it says, And Jesus answered them, talking to His disciples, Truly, I say to you, if you have faith, everyone say faith. faith. All right, if you have faith, the Amplified says, A firm, relying trust, and do not doubt. You will not only do what has been done to the fig tree. You remember what He did to the fig tree? Amen. But even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will be done. Not that it might be done. He didn't say it'll be done if it's my will. He said it will be done if you do the two things that I just qualified. What was that? If you have faith and do not doubt. If I can meet those two conditions about the mountains or trees in my life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Then Jesus said, I will do to those things what He did to the fig tree. That it will be done for us. Now, praise God. That's either true or it's not. Come on. And that, that fell, those words fell from the lips of the Master. So they're exciting to me, and they should be exciting to you. Amen? Verse 22 says, And whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith, and really believing, you will receive. Now that's the real catch there, right? If he had just said, if Jesus had just said, Whatever you ask for in prayer, you'll receive. We'd all had it made. We'd all had it made. But that's not what he said, is it? He said, and whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. So if we pray for something and it never shows up, what do we know, if we're going to be honest? We didn't really have faith. We didn't really believe. If you're looking at a promise of God in your life, in the Bible, that you want in your life, and it's, you're talking to God about it, you're praying prayers about it, and it's never showing up, it's never manifesting, be on, don't beat up yourself, but just be honest. Amen. What do we know? I'm not believing. I'm not having faith. Not the way, not the way, maybe we think we do, but not the way that we must. Because Jesus is not a liar. And His Word never fails. Let's go over to Mark. Let's go over to Mark's Gospel. You know where we're going. Mark 11. Mark's account of this same teaching lesson that Jesus gave His, his disciples. Mark 11, verse 22 through 25. And I'm going to read it this time from the New Living Translation. And it says this, verse 22, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. 
but you must really believe it will happen. Did you get that? You must really believe it will happen. You can't pray or make your declaration and go, would it be cool to see if that works? Or if someone heard you do it and they say, you really think that'll work? And you go, I sure hope it does. We know, we know it won't. Is that right? We know it won't. It says, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, verse 24, New Living Translation, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've, past tense, received it, it will be yours. Uh And when you are praying, first forgive anyone that you are holding a grudge against. Okay. So that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Now go to John 15. John 15. He's got two more of these to read. John 15, verse 7 and 8. And I'm back in the Amplified. Jesus said, If you live in me, and abide vitally united to me. Let's go ahead and stop here. Uh, Just so that we can clarify this, because a lot of people want to just say, I'm saved. And that checks this off. I see, in the Amplified especially, I see more than that. Your fellowship with God must be right. You, You could be saved, and yes... Because you're saved, there is this connection to Him. But you can live out of fellowship with Him. By, for a number of reasons. Just neglect. But then we can live and we can have our fellowship with God broken because of sin. Living sinful lives. Uh, living in disobedience to His will. Come on, you know sitting there today, and so do I whether or not your fellowship with God. Right, you know, Amber and I, we don't even have to communicate about this. I I can get in a room with her and know whether our fellowship is right or not. I may not always know what I did. But when there's a breach, it's in the atmosphere. Right? Well, same thing's true with God. You, you know if things are, if you and God are tight, if you and God are right, you know it. And if you're not, you know it. You cannot pray what we're going to teach on tonight, the prayer of faith, the prayer to get the answer, and get it being not in a tight, right relationship with God. If your fellowship is not right, you just know you're dismissed from the conversation until you get that right. You have to be in right fellowship with God. And you can get that way like that. By repenting and confessing what you need to repent of and confess. Amen? Amen. God just instantly will cleanse you with His blood and receive you and your fellowship will be right. Amen? So you have to make sure, come on, judge yourself in these things. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts. We'll come back to this. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. 
But is this conditional or unconditional? Is it just ask whatever you want, blank check, no conditions? Nope. There's conditions, isn't there? Then he says in verse 8, When you bear, produce much fruit. My Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. So see, the fruit he's talking about here, of course, is prayer fruit. It is your life with Him and His Word in you, and you are making requests of Him, and it's coming to pass. And when that happens, Jesus said, My Father is honored. When we conduct our prayer lives and our lives in such a way that He is able to answer our prayers in specific terms, and we could say, you know what, look, I, wrote, I prayed for that, and look, there it is. Shazam. See, God is honored, and He is glorified. So we are robbing God of glory when our prayers are not being answered. Amen. Come on. I want to, be, I want to, I want to glorify God every way I can. And God is so pleased and He's so overjoyed and so excited when you and I learn how to pray and get the answer. Because then we have something to say to people. Amen. I didn't get this. This didn't happen because I'm uh, this or that or because I'm uh, rich or you know anything like that. It came, you're going to have to say it came because I asked God and God moved and <laughs> here it is. See, he's honored, he's magnified, he's glorified. And this is the fruit, this is part of the fruit that our lives are to be bringing him more and more and more, if you understand John 15's teaching. Go to the next chapter, John 16, and look at verse 23 and 24. And I'll read that from the New King James. Jesus again said, and in that day, talking about the day after his ascension, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask. Come on. Ask. And you might receive. Ask, and you'll get about 30%. No, he says, ask. Come on, and you will receive. And the end result will be what? Your joy will be made full. Thank you, Father. I see that. The only way my joy can be full is if I develop to the place where I'm getting answers to my prayers. So our lives are falling short in joy. Our lives are not as joyful as they could be until we each learn individually how to get a hold of God and become effective in our prayer life. And we're seeing things manifested because He moved in response to our prayer. Are you seeing this tonight? Are you helped by that? I like that. Thank God. He wants our joy to be full. And He's talking about our joy being filled through this avenue. So in other words, just living life by the sweat of your brow and your own ability and your own hard work and your own savvy and whatever you could do, you and I will fall short in joy if we live that way. There is a joy to be had in answered prayer. Don't be satisfied 
showing up in the throne room of heaven and just throwing wet toilet paper wads of prayer in there hoping something will stick on the wall. Don't shotgun your prayers out there and hope one of them, you know, God's got time to answer one or two or five, you know, out of a hundred of them. Be more intentional about your prayer. Be more uh, uh, regimented about this kind of praying. I'm not talking about turning your prayer life into a, uh, uh, a formula or anything like this. Let me say this here. You understand, right, that there are different kinds of prayer. Brother Hagen identifies in his book, The Art of Prayer, he identifies nine different kinds of prayer in the New Testament alone. So we might think, well, come on, Pastor, prayer is prayer. Well, that's like saying games is games. But how about playing Monopoly with chess rules? See, you're already confused. We'll be hopelessly confused. Because we take this mentality of, well, game's a game. And let's just apply the game of life, you know, spin the dial, life rules to Monopoly. They're similar, but they're different games, different rules. And we have different kinds of prayer. And you just can't throw prayer into all, you know, one bag, shake it up, pour it all out, and just pray and willy-nilly and whatever and get results. You have to understand every game you play, every time, every time we like to play games at the Cody House, and we pull out a game, we, you know, and my wife is the rule reader. I mean, if, if we've been away from that game very long, she wants the letter of the law. She's good. We all have to wait for her to reread every letter, every article, everything, because she wants to know the rule, right? But the only, and it helps, I must admit, at the end, because she'll, we'll come across a situation in the game. We'll go, what do we do here? Well, you know, in Article 4, Section 2, Subsection A, it says... And I'm glad we got someone in the family that cares enough to know the rules. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And so tonight we're focusing on one kind of prayer. The prayer to get in. Now we want answers to all of our prayers, but right? Intercession is a type of prayer in the New Testament. The prayer of faith and the prayer of intercession are not the same. They're not the same thing. And there's different rules and principles that govern the prayer of intercession versus the prayer of faith. So specifically tonight, be understanding with these uh, four scriptures I read in mind that we're talking about the prayer of faith. So I have five things tonight, real quick, I want to get over to you that you need to know about the prayer of faith. Faith. That's what I call it. Amen. I learned that's the way Brother Hagin called it. That's just the way I've been trained. You call it different things. I've heard it called uh, faith to get to prayer to get to answer, uh, the prayer petition, uh, the prayer uh, to change things, whatever. Uh, I like the prayer of faith. Amen. All right. So praise God. So number one, the first thing that you need to know about the prayer of faith is when it should be applied. When should I employ this kind of prayer? Well, primarily the prayer of faith is a prayer you pray for yourself. It is a prayer that you pray for your needs, your wants, your situations, your circumstances, and or things that fall under your sphere or scope of authority. Right? 
So as the head of my home, amen, I can pray the prayer of faith that will bring effect and have full confidence I can get that answer that will bring a positive effect to everyone underneath my... But even that has some limits. Eventually, I'll talk about that in a minute. But the prayer of faith is primarily a prayer you pray for yourself. Now, how do I know that? Think about those scriptures we read. If, like Mark eleven twenty four, 24, whatsoever you desire when you pray... Well, if it's my desire and I'm praying, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the object, I'm the subject. Whatsoever Chris desires, when Chris prays, Chris, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. It's backed up again over there in John 15, 7. If you, Chris, abide in me, and my words, Chris, abide in you, You will ask whatever you will, and it will be done unto who? You. So it's these are prayers for me, not for the someone else. For me. So if I abide in good fellowship with Jesus, and His Word is planted in my heart and alive in my heart, I can ask whatever I will, and it'll be done unto me. Do you get that? So understand the prayer of faith, the purpose of the prayer of faith. When you use it, you use it for your needs, now for your desires. And listen, the prayer of faith is what you go to when you're praying for things. Now, I know I won't lose anybody in here, but in a lot of settings you would lose people because they don't think we're authorized. They think it's something uncouth or, or uh, you know, not right about praying for anything natural. That we can all prayer that God, the only prayer God cares about is spiritual in nature. It's not true. What the whole thing that brought this up in Matthew and Mark, this object lesson, was a natural situation that Jesus faced in his own life, dealing with a natural thing, a tree, dealing with fruit and hunger. It didn't have anything to do with something spiritual. He wasn't in the temple. He didn't have any incense, any candles. He made a declaration against a tree that advertised it had fruit on it, and he was hungry and expected something he didn't have it. He made his declaration fully expecting what he said to come to pass. He didn't doubt it in his heart, and 24 hours later, everybody else found out it came to pass. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're not turning there, but Hebrews 11 verse 1 says that faith is the substance of what? Things. Faith is the substance of things. Now, what things do you need in your life right now? Amen. Praise God. Well, I don't, have, I don't make enough money to buy chicken anymore because chicken is like $35 for a 10-pound bag. Oh, my gosh. Well, you have faith. You may not have money, but you have faith. Um, it blew out my budget, the gas prices. Well, you, you, may, you may have blown out your natural budget, but you have faith. Faith gives substance to things. Things what? Things hoped for. Well, I, I get it if it's a need, Pastor Chris, but you know, you lost me on all this, you know, your whatever. Mark eleven twenty four. what did he say? Whatsoever things, what's he talking about? 
things, whatsoever things you need, whatsoever things you desire. Now see, the body of Christ shouldn't get mad at me or Jesse Duplantis or anybody else because they had a big desire and used their faith and they got it. Now if you don't want on the level, you don't desire on the level somebody else desires, that's fine. No problem. You do you, like Reverend Siegel said. You do you. Amen? But I agree with Pastor Nancy. She looks around and says, if these natural sinners can if another believer can have it, I can have it. I heard her say recently, if, if, if other people, like sinners, they're not serving God, and they have more house than they need, then I can have more house than I need. Well, don't get mad at them. What did Jesus say? He didn't put a limit on it. There's no qualifiers here. He didn't say up to 500,000 or a million, then that's it, that's it. No. Whatsoever things you desire. You know, somebody points out, Pastor Chris, so what if my desires are wrong? God doesn't want me to have that. Listen, if you're practicing John 15, 7, and you're living in a vital, ongoing, healthy, daily relationship, you have intimacy with Jesus, and His words are alive in you, listen, honey, you're not going to desire wrong things. That's why He's able to say, and whatever you will, it will be done. Ask whatever you will, it will be done unto you. Because he's already predicated the qualifier that you're living centered up in fellowship with me. And my word is the dominant thing in your life. Well, it's just I'll prove to you that uh, that old faith, name and claim and stuff don't work. I'm gonna, God, I ask you for 10 million oil wells. Well, you don't have faith for that anyway. You don't have... You, you, did Jesus tell you that he wanted you to have 10 million old wells in your fellowship with him? You have scripture for that? See, that people want to mock the faith life, but it's silliness on its face. Amen? So listen, you should have desires. And those desires can be bigger than your paycheck. He didn't say, I'll meet all your, need, all your needs according to your paycheck. He said, I'll meet all your needs according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If in the Old Testament it says, delight yourself in the Lord. Notice that's first. Delight yourself in the Lord, then what will He do? He will give you, come on, the desires of your heart. Abraham's covenant, the covenant that we've been folded into, it was not just spiritual. It wasn't just spiritual, was it? It was spiritual, but then it was physical, and it was financial, and it was relational. So God wants to bless you spiritually, physically, financially, and socially, and in every other way. But you know, listen, some people, they never... They never even thrive in their prayer life because they don't have any desires. They're not even in touch with their own desires. I had something funny happen to me, you know, some years ago, many years ago. I dreamed of making X amount of money annually. Dreamed about what if I could, what if I could, whoa. And then some years ago, not too many years ago, we hit that. That came to pass. And I did a jig, and I praised God, and I do, and I'm so thankful. 
But then I realized to me, I'm, I'm going to have to dream a new dream. I'm going to have to dream a bigger dream. And so I said, well, what about the day where I could make, and it was twice that. Well, this year, Amber's doing our taxes, and she hands me this piece of paper and says, look at this piece of paper. Did you really? And it was $6,000 over the double figure. A lot of it, above and beyond my salary, a lot. And my wife's too. And I went, now what am I going to do? We're going to have to... We're going to have to go again here. I don't know. Maybe I ought to double it again. Nobody's gotten mad at me yet, so I got to get I got to get blessed enough that people start getting mad at me. That's when you know you're really flowing with God. But of course, you guys, you love me, and you know, and your minds are renewed and all that. And I hope you know I'm not robbing the church. Thank you. Hallelujah. But I was, I was just so, and then, of course, it cre- our blessing created this wonderful tax problem. Because God, blew, he was out ahead of my pace, blew ahead of me, and I wasn't thinking about taxes. But man, oh, okay, but I just said, well, I'm not going to complain about it. Write the check. Right? I'm living twice beyond where I once dreamed I could ever be. Not bragging. I'm not bragging. But... One of the ways I got there, of course, I gave God myself. I'm doing my best to live in the will of God, talk right, think right. But uh, I've been praying the prayer of faith. And I'm not just praying my bare bones need what I need to get by. I'm praying what I desire. And I'm not brand new at this, but, you know, praise God, we've gotten to the place where we're driving what we desire, we're eating what we desire, we're living where we desire. And I'm just, I'm just, don't, don't miss out on the blessings that God intends that you should have. I said, don't live beneath the level of blessing God intends that you should have. Now, amen. You, you know, you don't, if you make $50,000 a year, it's not going to work for you to claim $300,000 a year. Unless you really, 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 really have faith for that. He said, whatsoever you pray, believing. Really believing. Most of the time it's going to be more incremental. You make 50, say, you know what, Father God, I'm going to believe you for 75 to come in in 2022. What a testimony that would be, right? Well, my, I was faithful to my employer. I'm thankful for my job. I got 50000 from God through my job. But praise God, somehow or some way, not really sure how yet, my W-2 says 75000 Praise God. I'm not, it's not about money, but a lot of people trip over money. And you're finding out in this day, you need more money. I bet you need more money than you got. I bet you do, if you're like me. Amen. You know, I'm living in, you know, we just had double what I ever dreamed about getting. And it's all going places. You know, tithing and giving, partnering, life and repairs and maintenance and, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Amen. But how about, uh, there's all kinds of things. You know, you could pray the prayer of faith, amen, 
for the strength you need to do your work. Amen. 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 Don't you, if you desire strength, how about a pain-free body? How about that? I mean, you get a little older, you appreciate a, a body that, you, that isn't talking to you all day, somewhere. Yeah. You know, the, you finally get the shoulder to shut up and the knee wants to start talking. You know, God's made provision for you and I to have a pain-free body. But have you just made a treaty and come to terms with pain? Trying to manage pain? That's what you hear a lot. Manage pain. I ain't managing something I'm redeemed from. I'm going to run it off. Me and God. Amen. So that's a long time to spend on number one. But you need to know. Number one is, right, you need to know when do I pray the prayer of faith. I pray that for me. Now, I have endeavored to pray the prayer of faith for others, and we, we should. But I, I've learned, I can't always make my prayer of faith work for someone else. And the longer you're in this church, thank God, don't go anywhere, but the longer you're in this church, the less I will be able to do for you with my prayer of faith. Because you're learning. You're learning tonight. Now, I agree with some of the writings that I've, I've, I've had when they expressed their experiences in meetings and, and pastoring churches with other. You know, you get some precious denominational person in that doesn't know anything. It's the easiest thing in the world to get them healed. I don't care what they're dealing with. If they can just cooperate with you a little, I can get them healed on my faith. Someone off the street, some baby Christian, doesn't know anything. Easiest thing in the world to get their life turned around, going the right direction on my faith. But if they stay with me very long, I hope they do. Evidently, I'll go back and pray for a lesser physical problem than they had before, and I can't get it to work for them. Now, why is that? Because they can pray the prayer of faith for themselves, and they can and should, and God expects them to. That's why I'm teaching you this tonight. We're in extraordinary times. Many of you have been in a, a good flow like this church. You know, we're not perfect, but we're, we're not teaching nothing. And if you just come and say amen and go back out there and live the same, don't do anything, don't develop, it's going to cost you. Now, I'm praying for you, but I cannot always, I can't make my, I, I don't think I could make my prayer of faith work 100% for my wife. She's been in this move longer than me. Right? The older my kids go and get. They've, they've been raised in this flow. And God expects more of us. So listen, while things are great, while things are good, while things are not critical, focus on your faith, develop your faith, learn to pray the prayer of faith and get the answer. All right. Number two. Number two. You're like, oh my gosh, number two? I'm like, yeah, number two. <clears throat> the second thing you need to know about the prayer of faith is that, uh, well, amen, this is going to be good. I covered a lot of this. It is for things, those things that fall under your scope of authority. So we're going to fold that into something we've already said. Let's skip down number three. Aren't you blessed? 
Amen. Number three, the third thing you need to know about the prayer of faith is that the prayer of faith requires you to know the answer before you pray it. Now that, that law, that rule doesn't apply to every prayer. So if, if you're seeking God's will about the next step in some direction of your life, it's impossible for you to know the answer just by studying the Bible. You'll have to get that from Him in fellowship and prayer. That's a different kind of praying. But the prayer of faith we're using for things to appropriate promises, to get a healing, a divine protection, a, a financial need met, a, a vacation, a dream, a car, a house, a, a whatever it is that you want from God, these in the prayer of faith, you have to know the answer before you pray it. So you cannot pray successfully the prayer of faith and not be firmly and well established in what the covenant has promised you in this area. You go before the judge in a court and you say some things or ask some things of them that they should already know by the, because of the law, you're going to get rebuked by the judge. Amen? So you cannot pray the prayer of faith because he said you have to really believe if there's ambiguity about what God will do. Do you see this? So you have to do your homework. You have to study the covenant. I do? Yeah, you do. Amen. Amen. And so Brother Hagin was so faithful to, to teach us things like this. Find scriptures that promise you what you're asking for. Find scriptures in the New Testament that promise you what you're believing God for. And then before you pray the prayer of faith, remember what Jesus said in John 15? Those words have to be alive in your heart. So you have to confess those scriptures, read those scriptures, meditate upon them. Take to it, you know, especially for, for well, for anything, but, you know, if like healing for your body, don't, don't just pray right off. Get those scriptures from the Old and the New Testament because anything in the Old Covenant that you know has been pulled over into the New, you can, you can pull on those promises. Amen? So for healing, there's a lot of my love, but you know, uh, Psalm 103, verse 2, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. Verse 1 says, don't forget His benefits. Healing is one of the benefits. So I will walk around and I will think about that verse. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. That means the sins I've committed can't keep me sick. The sins I've committed can't keep me sick. Because the first thing he did before he healed all my diseases is he forgave all my iniquities. He forgave all my sins. Amen. He, he, and then I think, he healed all my diseases. Just take two or three days, let your eyes rest on those scriptures. Think about it, talk about it, thank God for it. Feed that into your heart for a while. And when you sense that I am established, I can go before God now and pray the prayer of faith because I know it's His will to heal me. Then you can go before God 
Now, in the area of healing, you don't even need to have a meeting with the Father. You can just speak to that sickness and say, you got to go, brother. You, you just got to go. Right? But especially in the area of material things and finances, you need to find those scriptures. And I just go to the same ones over and over and over and over again. I mean, there's just not a scripture better than Philippians 4.19, right? I mean, it just covers all of it. For my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? But knowing that in your head is not the same thing as having it alive in your heart. E.W. Kenyon said that the devil has given the church a counterfeit for faith. It looks like faith, it smells like faith, it sounds like faith, but it is not faith. It is a counterfeit, and it's called mental agreement. You can mentally agree with the word from your head. That's not faith. That scripture's got to be alive in your spirit, alive in your heart. And there's only one way to get into that condition, and that is go through the process of meditating on that scripture. Meditating on it, thinking about it. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. But then having done that, you know, praise God. I just said, no, Father, I did this. I said, now, Father, you, see, you so blessed me. I am not complaining, but now I got this tax bill. And I, I have X amount. We already had this money saved, and we're trying to save and got this money allocated. So, Father, I'm asking you, I've tithed before my taxes on my gross, and I have help for this. And so, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, didn't what Jesus say in John, Ask the Father in His name. Don't pray the prayer of faith to Jesus. Don't pray the prayer of faith to the Holy Ghost. That's against the rules. And, and we, when we play games, we're like, no, we don't have to, we, no, this is how we handle this. And no, my wife will be like, no, that's, that's not how it goes. No, no, uh-uh. Just right here. Well, when it's written, I mean, when it's written, that's just it. She's right, I'm wrong. There's no debate. It's written. Amen. Well, you need to have it is written about your finances. Come on. Hallelujah. So, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus for X amount of dollars to be restored unto me. Now, Father, I believe I receive it. I think this is number four. The fourth thing that you must do, at the time you pray, you have to believe you receive it. Not you, okay, God, I put it out there, now I hope it comes to pass. No, that's against the rules. You didn't play the game right. He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray. When? When, you, when it shows up. Man, when I, I'm not going to believe nothing I can't see. Well, you're not going to be able to pray the prayer of faith. Because I have to go before God in my fellowship with God. And I've asked it. I know it's His will. I've got the scripture for it. I know the answer. 
before I make my request. It's alive in my heart. My fellowship with is right. I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, and then is so critical. I do this. Father, I believe I receive X amount of money to help me with this tax bill. I have to let him know. I don't, I don't say, now, Father, you know, I'll believe it when it shows up. I sure hope it comes. No. Nope. I believe that I received it. New Living says, you must believe you've received it. Now, on what basis? How can we do that? We don't have any natural evidence. You feel the same? You don't. Where's this money going to come from? You know? But what, do we leave the prayer faith moment? How do we know we have it? Because he said so. Now, if you really think about it, you do things all the time because somebody said so. Right? Your lawyer said so. Your accountant said so. You're a doctor, said so. You go swallow stuff, you have no idea. You have no idea. Right? You're not a pharmacist. They crank that stuff out, and man, they're, they got a lot of, they're cranking it every day, and you're assuming they put the right pill in the right label with your name, and you just go home because the pharmacist said so. Go, down it goes. Man, you don't know what you took, right? But you just assume... You're living by faith in the pharmacist. It happens all the time. Don't tell me you cannot believe that you have something because somebody said so. If God says so, you're authorized. I have it. I have it. To me, I have it. I have it. On but what basis? He said so. He said so. I need it. He knows I need it. I ask for it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I have it. Let's, let's close over here in 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. Oh, I like this verse. See, a lot of people, they don't, they don't, um, they're not diligent enough. They haven't been taught well enough. They're not specific enough. You know, they just want to, they don't want a process to have to go through. They just want to say what they want to say and throw it out there at the wall of heaven and let God untangle it and... No, we have to be responsible. There's an order with God. First John chapter uh, 5, verse number 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, we know something. So if we ask Him something according to His will, we know something. We don't have to wonder something. We know something. What do we know? We know that He hears us. And then it goes on. And if we know that He hears us, we know something else. What do we know? You got your shouting clothes on? Come on. We know we have. We know 
See, what we, I was just rereading Wigglesworth's book, Ever Increasing Faith, and he said the most difficult thing in the world to do with Christians is to get them to believe. Listen, something's wrong with your heart if you're not moved by these words. These words should move you. Out of questions, into confidence. Out of wondering, into knowing. If we pray anything according to His will, He's going to hear that. We know He heard us. So I didn't have an angel appear to me, right? I didn't have this earthquake. I didn't have vision. But I prayed something that I know is my Father's will. And because of 1 John 5, 14 and 15, I know He heard me. He heard Chris. Oh, the little speck all the way down, that guy down there. I I heard you, boy. You prayed it according to my will. That's my will. I'm going to pay your I paid Peter taxes. I'm going to pay yours. He loves me just as much as he loves Peter. He might love me more. (laughs) I heard you, boy. You prayed according to my will. I didn't hear nothing. But I just know because it's written. I know he heard me. And if he hears me, it's victory. Because we know he heard us. We know we have the petition. Because of that word and this language, we know he's talking about the prayer of faith. So that's number four. Amen? You have to believe you receive it. And that word receive there in Mark eleven twenty four is the Greek word lombano, and it means to take it. It means to take unto oneself. It means to seize it. It means to be in possession of. So if someone sees you pray and believe you receive your healing, and they come up and ask you, do you really believe you're healed? You better have the right answer. Otherwise, you're just faking it. If you say, well, I know he'll heal me sometime, then you don't have it. Are you healed or not? Are you in possession of it or not? Well, I'm just waiting on the manifestation. That's not what they asked you. They asked you, are you well? Are you healed? Faith would say, yes, I am. Why don't you praise God with me, sister, because I'm healed. They might say, you don't look healed. That's not what it's based on. I prayed according to his will. He hears me. Because he heard me, I know I have it. That is the essence of faith. That is the essence of what faith is. Trusting, believing, having based on he said it. And that's all. That's all. That is it. Jesus said, if you do that, you will have it. Meaning in the natural. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. Right? Believing is seeing. Hallelujah. You know, if Deacon Jerry said to me, he didn't, but if he were to say to me, hey, pastor, you know your overcoat, it was laying over there. I didn't know if I'd get to see you. I slipped $1,000 in your overcoat. Just want you to know it's in there. Can I have it before I see it? Can I believe I have it 
Can I believe I have it before I see it? Now, a lot of us, we would do that, right? We would, we would be, you hadn't seen it, but you'd be, whoo, really? Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Man, whoo. And before you see it, you've got that thing, you got that thing spent. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know where that's going. You haven't even seen it. Much less if it'll go to the cash, you've got to go to the bank, you've got to cash it, you've got to do all that. But in your mind and heart, and you have it, you believe you have it, because Deacon Jerry said it? Well, see, he, I know this man, his word's good. Nothing in me, nothing in me, if he said something to me, that I would have, i just believe it. Why can't you do that with your father? Your heavenly father. You can. You should. It's called the prayer of faith. The fifth thing that we do is once we have believed, we have, we have it, it's ours, we have taken possession of it, what is there left to do? There is, step number five in praying the prayer of faith is you have to leave that moment of prayer and possession, possessing. And from that moment on, you have to let every word, every thought, every action, every plan that you make be in sync with what you say you believe you have. Right? So I'm authorized to make plans moving forward as if that X amount of tax money didn't go out the door. I don't spend it yet, but I make my plans. I have that money. It is mine. It is mine. Amen. So I'm not going to change my plans. Because I'm wondering whether it'll ever show up or not. Right. Yeah. I already have it. So I'm going to let my every word, my every thought, my every action, my every plan, amen, mm-hmm. reflect what I said I believe. Amen. And I'm going to occupy my time making sure that my Father knows that I'm thankful for it. Before it ever shows up, before anything happens in the natural, Father... Thank you so much. You're such a faithful provider. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I know I have it. I know you're working. Amen. I know the angels are at work. Praise God. It's just a matter of time right now. But to me, it's done. I have it. And I just wanted to take a moment, Father, while I'm driving down the road here and say thank you. Thank you that you heard my prayer. Thank you because you heard my prayer. I know I have it today. And you just praise Him. And, you're not, and see, that takes all the worry away. Takes, you know, you don't have time to wonder because you're just praising God. Amen. Oh, come on. Amen. That before long, you're going to write in your journal another answered prayer. Amen. Did you get anything out of that tonight? I hope you did. Hallelujah.